Hello and welcome to the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here for the next hour. And to all those listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. I'm back, Donovan. Welcome back. I didn't even get a chance to react to the Bills win on this show. Funny enough, I forgot to tell uh, our friends in Calgary that I was um, previously disposed um, but I ended up doing a hit in Calgary later on because my delivery of my appliances went swimmingly. Amazing. So I can actually wash my clothes and don't have to wear the same ones to work for it. I'm kidding. I don't do that. Um, but we do have some Bills news there. It looks like they're going to sign Leonard Fournette. Um, Touchdown Lenny. Yeah. Playoff Lenny um, pending a physical. For anybody reading into that, that feels like uh, Damian Harris is going to be out a little bit longer than we thought. But what, anyway. What about a Cook? family reunion dalvin might be available not might i'm pretty sure he is available. just one of those take my problems type deals the nobody ever trades within the division and just to be like here please take him we'll even give you an extra pick if you if you so choose just get him out yeah, of we here. can swap late round picks just take this problem off our hands the reason why that fit was somewhat odd not to lead our show with bad running back talk he does the same type of things that Brees Hall does. He just doesn't do them as well because he is a decade older. So it's not even as if you're getting a change of pace type of back. Well, you are getting a change of pace back. He's <laughs> well, a lot slower than Brees Hall. So that is the change of pace. <laughs> the defense overruns everything. Yeah, exactly. He it back because he's slower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the funniest part about all of this is how would, how would Dalvin Cook have fit into the Miami's? speed scheme that they've got going on right now. I don't think very well. No, I don't know if that would have worked out very well for Dalvin cook. Anyway, um, we got plenty to talk about today. That is not Dalvin cook or Leonard Fournette, two 28 year old running backs who are probably a little bit washed. Um, so we're going to talk, we'll talk in this in a second about the Bengals and that, that incredible victory over the Niners, uh, Kirk cousins out for the year, which we will also discuss uh, in Denver. Oh boy, Kansas City, not pretty. But we'll get into that. Uh, let's start with let's start with the Bengals here. Hooday, yeah, Hooday is right. Hooday is back. Austin's mad because he had a drop for Hooday and he oh, just sorry. missed it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not too late. We we're we, always ready. We you can drop it while we're talking. We're fifty-eight good. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was as impressive of a performance by the Bengals that I've seen in the last little while with Joe Burrow as the quarterback. Like they go into San Francisco, I understand Brock Purdy clears. He was obviously fine enough to play, and oh, Joe Burrow man. did a thing. 28 of 32, three touchdowns. Um, and I guess the uh, I guess the cap is fine, 43 rushing yards. On top of that, the Bengals look like the Bengals in that game, and they really laid a thumping on the Niners, who look very vulnerable as they get beat up as the season continues. I think the rushing yards is the biggest thing to talk about and how well he looked. That's not even including the plays where he showed some mobility, some escapability in a way that only Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray when he's playing can exhibit. You mentioned the 43 rushing yards. Do you know how many rushing yards he had cumulatively coming into this game? Minus eight. 14. He He had a couple games. With, close. with minus rushing yards, but total he had 14, but he had no more than seven in an individual game. The Bengals are back 
because Joe Burrow is back. And Jamar Chase told us that he never left. He was always open, and that has proven to be the case. I was wrong. I'll put up my hand, personal foul, Donovan Bennett. I said, you can't rehab him while playing. You need to just shut him down, hope to get to the bye and reset. They were able to figure it out, and they did it. And now they are in the thick of things, not only for that division, but they're in the hunt to potentially win the AFC overall because of the fact that Kansas City stubbed their toe again and Buffalo has had some unforced errors thus far. And the way the schedule, uh, the way it lines up, we're going to really learn how back they are Mm -hmm. because they get your Buffalo Bills. They play uh, tough when not playing the Panthers, Houston Texans team, and then they get Baltimore, a big one in division. So started one and three, then they rattled off three straight. This next three game stretch is going to really showcase if if they're the true title contender that they've looked like in the last little bit. Yeah. And the defense was good again yesterday, forcing two Brock Purdy interceptions. Um, Brock Purdy with five interceptions over the last three games. I mean, we can, we can talk a lot about the Bengals and what they did, but a lot of that felt like what the Niners didn't do. That's a home game. You're going into the bye. We saw, and and you sent me this because I hadn't even seen it live. The how Brock Purdy stayed in that game. I want to know after you know because last the last time we saw Brock Purdy when he got the concussion, he threw two interceptions after that. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, that when he hit his head on the turf yesterday, the interceptions came after that as well. Yeah. How is Brock Purdy still like? I'm sorry. They have taken guys out for way less than what Brock Purdy did. And the dead giveaway was Brock Purdy holding his helmet and his head in his hands after hitting his head on the turf. Do not tell me that you care about the safety of your players. And then that happens. I don't care about the interceptions. I don't care about any of the other stuff. The guy just cleared concussion protocol. What are these people watching? Great question. I mean, I feel like this is deja vu. Yeah. With the conversation we had with Tua 100%. a year ago. Player falls backward, hits their head on the turf with a whiplash like motion. They're in the protocol. It's already a relative short week. We say that they're fine after a week. They go out and play. They hit their head again. Then they throw a couple interceptions. I'm surprised that he played. This is the fastest return to play in terms of concussion that we have had this year. I just don't know if you get over head trauma in six days, but he went through the protocol, was, was somewhat fast-tracked, didn't play well. They got the buy now, so luckily he has the benefit of time, but this team doesn't have the benefit of time. They've fallen out of first place in not only the conference, but in the division over the last couple of weeks, they have lost three straight. And Purdy aside, the defense can't tackle. The not really getting home the way you think they would, especially when you add Hargrave to that defensive line. Where is Nick Bosa? After getting all that money? He has been somewhat invisible. The secondary has never really been that good. They have eaten off the fact that the pass rush 
was so good, and now they've become exposed. Lots of questions for the 49ers. And they have the buy, so they have some time, but they don't because the trade deadline is tomorrow. We're going to go through some games, and I think for me, there were some problems that were symptomatic throughout the year, but then they shown themselves to be a little bit more glaring this week. And I wonder if that propels GMs to go and make moves at the deadline based off what they see on Sunday. And I think San Fran is at the top of that list. Kyle Shanahan stood up in front of the press after the game and said, we have everything we need right here in this locker room. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things you need are people who are not healthy. Debo Samuel, uh, you know, playing and being healthy. Trent Williams would being help. out. Trent Williams uh, would help. But don't, neither of those guys play defense. No. So I, I, they were aggressive at the deadline last year, getting Christian McCaffrey. I have to think they're picking up the phone today. They have the most cap space in the NFL. And with a roster that, you know, a lot of money kicks in next year, and eventually you're going to have to pay the quarterback because we know what those cost. The window Ooh. gets a lot smaller. Are you going to pay that one, though? No, you got to pay a quarterback. Oh, okay. Whoever okay. it is, you have to pay a quarterback. Daniel Jones got $40 million. Bar is set, baby. Nobody's getting less than Daniel Jones now. Well, so when... The, when and we're going to go through the laundry list of injuries, specifically QB injuries, we had this Sunday alone. But I have to say, when I saw Kirk Cousins being helped off the field, hopping on one leg, thought, oh, man, that sucks. He's playing the best football he's ever played. He's going into free agency. That's when you want to play your best football. You know, he's got this Vikings team relevant once again. Without Justin Jefferson. Without Justin Jefferson. Jefferson eventually is going to come back. Maybe Kirk Cousins was going to be there for it. Maybe he wasn't going to be. He could be a solution for someone else. QB position, deadline, upcoming. What? Who's going to pay Kirk Cousins? Next year, when he's going to miss probably training camp, unless he listens to, you know, animals in the sea have sex like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what What's going to happen with this guy? And then I was like, oh, one year, prove it deal, high amount of money, not a lot of term. Who does that make sense for? Ooh, maybe the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. So that's where my mind goes is automatically to where the fit would be. But. Yeah, the Niners have real questions, and um, Cinderella has lost their slipper as Purdy hasn't looked good over the last couple weeks. How many sacks do you think Nick Bosa has this year? I'm going to say one and a half. He's got three. Oh, right. Well, sorry, Nick. That is, uh, it doesn't matter. One and a half or three for what he's getting paid is the same. It's not very good. (laughs) This is coming off of last year where he had, uh, do you know how many? 14. 18 and a half. Guess what he's not getting to? 18 and a half. So the Niners, they got some issues. But like I said, they have the most cap space in the NFL. I have a feeling that they're going shopping. I don't care what Kyle Shanahan says. Okay, let's talk about those injuries. It was a rough day for quarterbacks in general. Kirk Cousins, the top of the list. But Kenny Pickett left the game with a rib injury. Doesn't look very likely. that He's going to play on Thursday uh, against the Titans. Desmond Ritter cleared concussion protocol, but then he sucked. Hold still. on. Before he gets to that, does it matter if he plays on Thursday? Like, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, are you feeling any different about the team? Do you, do you, are you an office guy? No. 
Okay. Well, there's a meme that goes out and it says corporate is looking for a picture, uh, looking for the differences in the picture. It's the same picture. It's a picture of Kenny Pickett. It's a, a picture of Mitch Trubisky. That's what it feels like right now. Um, and we will talk about the Steelers a little bit later and not lost, but the quarterback position, you know, you and I have talked about, I don't think this is the golden era. Like everybody thinks it is. It really isn't like there was a time where backup quarterbacks were good. And now you look at it and go, Oh my God, you have to play a backup quarterback. How many good ones are there? Five. Were you like, okay, I can legitimately win a game with this guy at quarterback. And I feel at least mildly comfortable that this is the case. When we look at the guys that went out, um, we saw uh, Tyrod Taylor, who's the backup quarterback, go down. And we saw something named Tommy DeVito, who, by the way, has... There's a picture of him circulating on Twitter with this TD chain. He literally looks like an uh, an AI-generated version of a Jersey Shore quarterback. Well, he sounds like uh, central casting for a Scorsese movie. Yeah, or The Sopranos. 100%. So we saw him and minus one passing yards. He did have a rushing touchdown. Um, we saw Mitch Trubisky. We saw Taylor Heineke. We actually saw the Atlanta offense be better with Taylor Heineke. Shocking to no one. Um, we also saw, uh, by the way, Tommy DeVito, not the guitarist from Frankie Valley in the four seasons, in case anybody was wondering. RIP. Uh, and Brett Rippon, as Matthew Stafford, has a thumb injury. And Jaron Hall played yesterday for the Vikings. Like, it's bad out there. And so, and we're already seeing Gardner Minshew who was also not great yesterday. Uh, We saw Will Levis, but that was better than anything that Ryan Tannehill has done. Is this, are we in one of the worst eras for quarterbacks in general? Every week there's a quarterback who plays who I have literally never heard of before (laughs) in my life. And I pay as much attention to football as I possibly can. Was that like when Ben DiNucci was making starts for the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Yes, it was. <laughs> it's funny because there's such high variance. I do believe that the things the elite quarterbacks are doing and and can do is better than we've ever seen before. I don't think... We could go through a list of the great QBs. I think the off-platform stuff that some of the great QBs are doing now, they're literally changing the game. Yeah. From what was bad technique and bad fundamentals to, well, now it's teaching tape on on how you play the position. So I, I do say that as the game has evolved and the analytics has said that it makes more sense to pass on early downs and there's much more spring football where QBs are getting more and more reps at a younger age. I do think that level is going up. But I also think that comes at a cost when you are exposing your quarterbacks to more hits because they're dropping back more and you're exposing your quarterbacks to more hits because they're part of the run game, whether it's the zone read run game or you're drafting a a QB thinking that he's going to add in the run game because he's an athlete as well, not just a QB. I do think that comes at a cost and we are losing them left, right, and center. Now, some of this has nothing to do with what I just explained. Kirk Cousins tearing an Achilles on a drop back that looked no different than any other drop back he's done in his life. That's just bad luck, father time, I suppose. Um, evidently, the 
Venn diagram that Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins share, not only on their health beliefs, but um, on their injury scenarios is the same. But I think we talk about, oh, man, just lay a pillow down and place the quarterback gently on it and get Jim Nance to tell him a bedtime story. And that's how you have a sack in the National Football League. I think weeks like the one that we just saw is the reason. And it is somewhat fraudulent because even when you do that, you can't totally protect the quarterback, but it's impacting quality games. How do we have Bears chargers where Justin Herbert looks like his finger is going to be amputated after the game uh, and the Bears are onto their second QB that no one really has any faith in. Like, couldn't we flex that game out for something that was more interesting? No, because it was one week early, I think. Well, that, but look across the schedule. Yeah, it wasn't there's, great. there's bad QBs playing in every time zone yesterday. It, it was, it was one of those like, okay. So if you look at the games, we had um, Texans Panthers. That was never getting flexed Rams Cowboys. Maybe. Turns out we were going to see Brett Rippon anyway. Right, true. Vikings, Packers, no chance. Saints, Colts, no. Patriots, Dolphins, mm-mm. Jets, Giants, they put us through extra time of that madness. It was a horrible football game. And again, third string quarterback and a backup quarterback. That was not a good advertisement for the sport. No, no, it wasn't. So when you go down the list, like it was, it was not great yesterday. I did want to focus in on someone just tuned in right now on across the sports Network radio network. And it's like, do these guys like football? <laughs> yeah, honestly. We like football. We hate bad quarterback punished play. by yeah. hosting this show. No, we're being punished by having to at least keep one eyeball or at least half an eyeball on that New York jets giants game. Turns out we didn't have to do it at all. Do you know how many first downs were in that game? Oh, I saw this. I can't remember. It wasn't a lot though. 24. Do you know how many punts there were in that game? 14, 24. There was a one-to-one ratio between <laughs> getting a first down and punting the football. And you have more chances to get a first down. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. That's pretty horrible. Um, okay. Let's focus in on the Vikings a little bit on this point. Do they need, they're four and four. If, if, the, if the Lions somehow fumble this one away tonight against the Raiders, the Vikings are not only in the conversation of the wild card, they're in the conversation in the division. Do they need to go out and get a quarterback? And why is it Kyler Murray? Well, their schedule also helps that conversation. Their schedule is incredibly light. They have Atlanta and New Orleans up next. I don't think the division is likely, but I do think all bets are off when you talk about the wild card. Yeah. The team's in contention for the final wild card spot. Cause I think, uh, unless they change the rules, someone has to win the NFC South. Two teams are still getting in there. It's still a tire fire. Two teams are still getting in. I know. I know it sounds crazy. I mean, I'm standing by that. Maybe because anyone could get in at this point. The the Eagles, Seahawks, Niners, and Cowboys are going to either win their division or be the other wild card representative from said division, West and East. Then you got the Vikings at four and four, the Saints at four and four, the Bucks at three and four, the Rams at three and five, the Commanders at three and five. All of those teams, just put them in a pot, 
shake them up. Good luck figuring out who they are from week to week, never mind yeah. towards the end of the year, getting that last wild card spot. Does anybody want – the Giants were a playoff team a year ago. They were 2-6. and six. People thought the Bears were going to push for the playoffs this year. They are 2-6. and six. The Packers were a playoff team from a year ago. They're 2-5. and five. So if I'm in that Vikings locker room, I'm thinking, why not us? So whether it's Kyler Murray, which I don't think is likely – whether it's Ryan Tannehill, whose injury is not long-term, and the Titans clearly don't need him, or whether it's Colt McCoy off the couch, who has been in this offense three different times, I'm the Vikings in that locker room among those players. I'm thinking, why not us? So I had this thought, because now there's a report coming out that Kyler, they're not shopping Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals. They also told us he's not playing this week. Yeah. So here's my thing. I don't think it's necessarily that we're not shopping Kyler Murray. I think it's nobody's met our price point yet. Well, you've got 24 hours. Yeah, better figure out. So here's, here's what I thought. Okay. You want to keep Kyler Murray? Should be trying to trade Josh Dobbs then to the Minnesota Vikings. Mm Hmm. He's done a very admirable job with that team. Ooh, I see where you're going here. He so go- Kyler Murray not playing this week because this is a showcase game for Josh Dobbs. Could, could have been, right? And and so I think if you are the Arizona Cardinals, for a guy that you gave up nothing for, that has proven that he can start games in this league and be competitive, he could go to the Minnesota Vikings who have a much better stable of of pass catchers and and skill players than the Arizona Cardinals do. How if you're and if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you have to make that call. Well, Arizona has already said that Kyler's not playing this upcoming week. So unless they're also not going to play Dobbs because they're going to move him before this next. Well, things can change. Coaches lie for sure. Uh, You'd think he's in their plans, but if I'm looking at it on the other end and looking to acquire him. This is someone who has proven to be able to assimilate and run a team efficiently Very in a short period of yeah. time. He goes into the Tennessee situation with the playoffs on the doorstep, end of regular season, Tannehill hurt and has a weak competition with Malik Willis on who's going to play. Malik being there the entire year, him being there for five and a half days he beats him out, wins, and actually plays some competitive football considering. So, yeah, I mean, there's there aren't, to your earlier point, many other great options because so many teams either have an injured starter of their own and thus are playing their backup now, so can't afford to move their backup out the door. If I were the Vikings, I would be making a call on Josh Dobbs, and I would also be making a call to the Washington Commanders who are – not going to make the playoffs about Jacoby Brissett. Those would be the two calls that I'm making. Should the Vikings make a call on a player who is an asset who could be moved and his team would still have backup insurance at the starting position. And he just happens to be from that area. Trey Lance. Lance. He can't be worse than Jaron Hall. Right. I mean, I don't think he can. Do I see Dallas doing that? I don't know. Gerald is very interesting. I mean, if you just give them a little more compensation than what they paid. And so essentially you flipped your house. Didn't even really have to play him. 
It just you secured the asset when it was distressed. Now it has gone from uh, you know a buyer's market to a seller's market, and you can get a little bit more. I I would be I would be making the call to Arizona and Washington first. Washington in division. I mean, you got to make the call. Uh, no, I'm talking about the Vikings. Oh, I'm talking about the Vikings. Got it. Making that call because, but then it would then it would be Trey Lance, and I wouldn't be super comfortable with that. Um, man, I, I imagine the Vikings make the play. I said they weren't going to make the playoffs. They started out horribly, and I felt so good about it. And they're going to go out and get a quarterback, and with this horrible schedule, they're going to somehow make the playoffs. And I'm going to be wrong, and you're going to be right. You know, I, if I'm Jerry Jones, and I've got my two. Gerald. Gerald Jones, <laughs> and I've got my two weekly radio spots. I go on the Monday morning one, and I lie. And I just say, listen, you know what? We really like our team. You know, we're getting calls from our players. We're not looking to sell, but there's some depth pieces here people are really interested in. You know, we're going to do what's best for the franchise. Just put it out there that there's a little bit of a market. Create a market, if you will. Wouldn't be the first time that GMs have done that in any sport. Mm-hmm. Lie. The Blue Jays did it with one of their top prospects that they did not believe was going to ever amount to anything, and they traded him for a closer. I mean, that's happened. And you are in a position of strength. So make it a high price, and if someone meets it, then you're fine. You'll sleep well at night. I am in a keeper league. Mm-hmm. I am struggling. You got the liquidation sale it's, on it's, the door? It's st- still early, but you know what? I have uh, and and a keeper league where you know after three years of having a player, they go back in the in the in the pot, if you will. This is year three for me in Patrick Lavar Mahomes. And I thought you were gonna say Lavar Burton. No, not no. Don't he was great. He, he wouldn't. He would not be a keeper. Uh, and you know, people were saying, oh, in this other league, you know, a league QB goes for this or that, and you're going to lose them anyways. I'm like, listen, my price is my price. Meet it or don't. And if I have him, that means you don't. Correct. So I, I, I if I'm uh, Jerry Jones, Gerald Jones, <laughs> anyone who has a, a depth option, you know, the, the Cardinals and Dobbs, I don't is is there a scenario where Ron Carthen says, I got a veteran QB. You want one of them? I got it. Name your price. I got a, a QB that was drafted not that long ago that is no longer gonna be in our plans. You want to rehab him? Malik Willis, name your price. I, I think if you if you have a QB you don't need, uh, you're sitting pretty today. Hi, uh is this the Vikings? Hi, it's Bill Belichick. I've got a uh, Malik Cunningham for you. Sign him to a nice extension, and and, then uh, I cut and, he's, him. <laughs> and he's passed through waivers three times. Think you could use him? We'll talk later. On to whoever we play next. One of the many universities in Boston needs to have a, I would say, like second year course on what the Patriots have done at the quarterback position post Tom Brady. It is a hot mess to. Going into camp without anyone that really made sense, then signing Cam Newton at the last minute when you'd have to completely change your offense for Cam Newton to to essentially going into this season with one quarterback. They put Zappy on waivers. They mm-hmm. won. 
Yeah. And, and then they were able to no one wanted him, so they were able to bring him back then. Cunningham, they activate, give him a three-year deal, then they cut him. Like, I have no idea. I thought you were going to say they were going to do a course on bad asset management and well, bad management, that period. Too. That too. Who's the QB they had that they pretended that they had confidence in before they signed Cam Newton at the last second? Jarrett Stidham. Yes. And then he ended up, and now he's the, uh, where is he now? He was he was with the Raiders last year. He had a good run with the Raiders last year. Jarrett Stidham is he's with, he's definitely with a former New England guy, Austin's. Guy. Is, he, is he not still with the Raiders? Broncos. He's the backup and perfect segue actually. Um, by the way, speaking of the Broncos, we'll do this kind of, sort of quickly. Uh, Sean Payton says that they're not actively shopping anybody. That's Sh- shut up. Honestly, like. I'm so so tired of like we can all see through this. You stink. I don't care who you beat yesterday because they were horrible. Remember when the Patriots tried to make Ryan Mallett a thing? Remember that? Rest in peace. Um, it, it, yeah, you know what? And and Jada Pinkett Smith says she's working on her marriage. Like, okay, <laughs> sure. Why does she not the goal? You kidding me? Why? <laughs> why does she get a black? Like, stop interviewing this woman. Because uh, she's going to say something that trends. Yeah, uh, but, but nobody believes it. I, I think many people believe. Or maybe we believe, maybe they it don't believe it's just that like, she's working on her marriage. But yeah, no, they that believe would... that you know that she's crazy. Yeah, that she just finds ways and reasons to throw her husband under the bus. Well, whatever he is, uh, a marriage of convenience, it seems. Um, Taylor would never do that to Travis. Never. Well, that Travis Kelsey was six for 58 yesterday. He needs to shake it off. No, that was not a good performance. No, they need to make sure Taylor is in the building because I wrote sportsnet.ca every Friday. I write 10 NFL stats. You need to know. And all 10 are believe, Taylor Swift stats. Well, no, I, I keep it to one a week, but I, last week I gave you the numbers on not just Travis Kelsey, the chiefs offense with Taylor in the building and without and without there is a blank space. And we saw it again. Wow. She saw the temperature in Denver, and she's like, no mas, not doing it. That or she didn't want to be near Jackson Mahomes. Uh, well, I mean, she's near Jackson Mahomes every game. He's in the suite with Brittany. It's a, it's a time. Apparently, someone tweeted me that she's getting ready for a performance in Argentina or something like that. Nope. Guess what? No mas. <laughs> You're going to Germany, Taylor. The flight leaves tomorrow. Get it together. We need you because this offense is terrible when you're not in the building. Do you know the last time that Patrick Mahomes did not throw a touchdown pass? Junior kindergarten? I don't know when. It was It was in 2021, December 5th, against the Denver, the Denver Broncos. Broncos. So don't tell me Sean Payton's back because he wasn't is, there. The Denver Broncos had a good defense back I know. Well, and this is just it. Um, but the game plan for the Broncos early was very evident. Like... I'm watching this game and I'm going, oh boy, this is going to be a, this is going to be gross. And the weather had nothing to do with it because there was no snow on the field. That's true. And I was just like, oh my God, this, this game shouldn't be like this. Do you know how many times, uh, Russell Wilson threw the ball yesterday? 14, 19 times. He had 114 passing yards, three touchdowns. And they they ran the ball 40 times, 27 by Javante Williams. Like, if that wasn't evidence enough that Sean Payton did not want to be an offensive mastermind in that one, it was, here, just give the ball to Javante. That's basically what they did. They got a lead, and they never looked back. That was 
that was as poor a performance by the Kansas City Chiefs on offense that I have seen in the Patrick Mahomes era. Well, give the ball to Javante or throw it deep. One of the two. Yeah. No in between. We'll take our chances. Hopefully we get a PI or hopefully we come down with a reception or if not, then we'll just live to give the ball to Javante again. I talked about the 10 stats article I write for sports at that say, I'll give you a little preview on mm-hmm. what one of them will be this week. Comparison of two QBs. QB one, 15 passing TDs, eight INTs. Mm-hmm. QB two, 16 passing TDs, four INTs. Those numbers are this season. QB one is Patrick Mahomes. QB two is Russell Wilson. QB two is Russell Wilson. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy because they've been so bad. Now, part of it is the defense has been horrible, but Russ has given us no indication that he's a good quarterback anymore. No, but, but he's you, not turning the ball over either. But if you ask the average fan who the best quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL is, they would generally say Patrick Mahomes other than maybe their favorite QB of their local team. And if you ask them who the worst starter is, they might, might, might say Russell Wilson. Yeah. And their numbers have been pretty comparable. Imagine if you in your fantasy draft, like, you put it on auto draft because you're trying to get your kid to sleep. You came back, you found out you got Russell Wilson and you have a year of watching dreadful Broncos offense. And then you're like, ah, actually, you know what? It hasn't been as bad. Yeah. Well, the fact that he threw three touchdowns with 114 passing yards, that's as efficient as it's going to get. It really is. On the other side, um, Patrick Mahomes just, they could not get it going. 241 passing yards, two interceptions. And he threw a couple of interceptions against the Broncos the last time that they played. Mm-hmm. Something about it. And the, the biggest thing out of all that, and we haven't even got to this part, that is a 16-game winning streak against the AFC West. Snapped. Done. Got to start a new one. I think the last time that the, the Chiefs had lost to the AFC West, Peyton Manning was still the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning, Alex Smith. Uh, first time Mahomes ever wins a road, or loses a road divisional game in his career, lots of ridiculous streaks were snapped. I mentioned off the top that watching what happened on Sunday might inform what GMs do on Monday and potentially early Tuesday. Brett Veach better be one of those GMs. Yeah, and it better be a wide receiver. It, 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 it better be a wide receiver. You might not stop there. You might want to find yourself a tackle as well. Yeah. Because how many times was Mahomes running out of the pocket early because he either didn't have time or didn't trust his time. There were multiple times when he did his patented reverse. You know, you think you got me sacked from the blind side. I'm just going to reverse and spin out of it. And he spanned into his own offensive lineman. And I can tell you from someone who's had the pleasure of being protected by them. One of the most frustrating things is when you're trying to make a play and you see them looking at you, no, my guy, you're supposed to be blocking for me. You shouldn't be able to see me right now. If you can see the quarterback, you have failed. And Mahomes is running for his life, trying to do everything off script with a receiving core that sometimes even when it is put in the perfect place, it's not good enough outside of Travis Kelsey. And the the Broncos were going to be physical with Kelsey off the line. They were going to double him and force other people to beat them, even in man coverage. And they couldn't do it consistently. Sky Moore. Oh, that drop is bad. We keep waiting for him to come along and be a thing. It hasn't happened. 
Rasheed Rice is young. He had a bad drop as well, but he's shown some burst. So I'll give him some time. But they bring McCall Hardman back. He muffs a punt that changes uh, the game. Valdez Scantling can really do one thing. Run straight down the field. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I'm not, you can't even really be mad at him because he's just doing what he does. Yeah. And to expect him to do anything else is fool's gold at this point. You can't take someone who was a four or a five receiver from the Packers, add them to your offense, expect them to be a number one. That's not how NFL football works. And then Giants fans, as miserable as a night, they all enjoyed Laughing at Kadaris Tony once again, once again. So, and and Justin Ross is now on the commissioner exempt list. Yeah, what a disaster! That so, is. you really you're thinking out of this receiving group, we have a lot of guys, but who, if any, can we trust? And I just, to me, watched that game and I said, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are are doing a combine right now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, because that is the best football we've seen out of them all year. And maybe it's because they want to go home with the road team, <laughs> go home with somebody else's date. Yeah. Uh, we have some breaking news. Ooh. We have a trade. Was it the Kansas City Chiefs getting wide receiver? No, it's not. But it is a team in contention in the NFC uh, a? defensive lineman. Leonard Williams going from the Giants to the Seahawks wow! for a second round pick in 2024 and a 2025 fifth round pick. Wow. That's a big deal for the Seahawks. That is that a really helps that deal. defense. Of course. And, and listen, we, we talked about the Niners struggles. Quiet's cat. The Seahawks are leading the sure NFC West right now. And they have been steady. There's teams who have had peaks and valleys, highs and lows. Seattle has been somewhat steady. Thus, we, we don't talk about them because they don't come up on any end of the spectrum. But I think that's also big from a Giants perspective because what does that tell you about their belief in getting back into the race this year? They they don't. And I think that's going to open up some cap flexibility for them as well. Uh, Seahawks, I don't even think they've played all that well yet. I think there's another gear for them. Uh, we got to take a break. We're really late. Well, when we come back, we'll chat about the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to try and squeeze in uh, a little bit of conversation about Jacksonville. It's a big, big fifth straight win. And uh, the Monday Nighter, Detroit hosts Las Vegas uh, when we come back. Welcome back to the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. Okay, we took a late break, so we got to get to some things here. You want to talk about your Cowboys? How about them? So I told you before the show, before we got on the air, that I had a stat for you. Okay. I was I was dumbfounded oh boy. when I saw this stat. The Cowboys have won 11 straight at AT&T Stadium okay. by an average score of 17 points. Can you believe that number? That's a, that's a fortress-type number. Does it feel like AT&T Stadium is that? Like, Jer- Jer- why didn't they call it Gerald World? I don't know. <laughs> Gerald World is apparently a tough place to play football for opposing teams. You're blown away by this. You're I, speechless. I am because if you listen to the local talk radio in the Metroplex in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, they complain. It's a bit of a museum. <laughs> That it's so big and you have lots of tourists who are coming to 
check out the stadium more than the team and that there is certainly an executive class to the wealthy in Dallas who can afford to go, who may show up late or leave early. And that, it that is sounds a- oddly familiar in the city of Toronto, doesn't well, it? Yeah. Anyway. You're talking about SBA? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Do you think that's true <laughs> for, for both teams and for our national audience and people listening via podcasts around the world? Talking about the arena in Toronto, the Scotia Bank Arena, formerly known as the Air Canada Center. I, I mean, that's all. It's it's not a great place. I can see why that would feel like that in Dallas, but also like how many people are in that stadium? Eighty five thousand. It's massive. It's massive. So I can see why it might feel cavernous at times. But when the Cowboys are winning which they do apparently all the time at AT&T Stadium. I don't know. If you look at those numbers, that would tell me 11 straight wins and the average is by 17 points. Like, that's not insignificant. That's a big deal. And yesterday, they absolutely thrashed the Rams there. They did. Last point on that. It, one, they're one of the newer stadiums to put suites by the field. Mm. If SoFi has down, that as well, right? They do, yeah. It's, it's something the newer stadiums... Are doing because aliens came down and said, "Wait, so you have your highest paying customers, and yeah, they get food and beverage, whatever, but you put them at the top. That's like different than anything else in society. So teams, as they start to erect new stadiums, are like, actually, we're going to build either uh, 100 level or even better field side or bunker suites, and so that takes away from some of the atmosphere of you know." guy with no shirt on just banging on the side of the wall, you know, screaming defense, defense. Are you talking about Buffalo? (laughs) No, talking about Green Bay. But um, it does surprise me, but this is a Jekyll and Hyde team, a team that some would call front runners where when they're in the cozy confines of home, they feel like they have a battery in their back and they have more confidence. And when they're on the road, they play scared a little bit. It's. I wonder. I wonder. I would love to get an opposing player's view on that because you know it's not like when you used to go to visiting stadiums and you used to be in a horrible locker room and you like everything is state of the art now in these new places. Even if you're the 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 visiting team, so it's not like you're mistreated or you know they're freshly painting the walls while you're getting changed, like all that stuff. Like so, I'd be curious to get a, a player's. A, opinion on that but uh, but if you talk about the actual football application of playing at home or away crowd noise or not what's the one aspect of the game that it impacts the most well, uh, the other the opposing offense but that communication right yeah so in terms of you know the, the be able to communicate on the offensive line make checks the pass rush in general getting off the ball And so when you look at the Cowboys team, the strength of them defensively is the pass rush. And so making life difficult for that offense of line. And then the strength of them maybe stylistically offensively is Dak Prescott's ability to communicate and make checks at the line of scrimmage. Two things that are helped by playing at home where it'll be quiet for your offense and loud for their offense. Yeah, and and on the field, because uh, we'll just talk about this, because we I don't know if we're going to be able to get to the uh, the Jacksonville stuff, but we got time tomorrow, of course. Uh, Dak three hundred four, four touchdowns, one interception. CD Lamb was a stud. Yeah, twelve catches, one hundred and fifty eight yards, two touchdowns, and 
I the only thing that was going through my mind yesterday was when Richard Sherman said he wasn't a wide receiver one. Oh, that's right. And I was just like, man. But you know what though? And and Matt Harmon, who does a great job with reception perception on Twitter, and he's just a fantastic follow. He said, like, this is what happens when you when you build your offense around your best offensive player in terms of your pass catchers. Like this is this is what teams do with alpha receivers. And I believe that C D Lamb is that guy. Throw to him 14 times in a game. What there's nothing wrong with that. He's your best player. He's the guy who's going to make the plays. Because what ends up happening is then they start to look at doubling him. Then it opens up somebody else. Brandon Cook catches a touchdown yesterday. Like, to me, this is the most obvious form of a successful offense is when you have an alpha receiver in a passing league, use him like that. And it also helps that Dak Prescott's completion percentage is almost 20% higher when throwing to CeeDee Lamb than it is throwing to anybody else on his team. Is that significant? I don't know. Is that is that just, significant? Just a little bit. But they have great complimentary players around them. The Eagles aren't apologizing for featuring and throwing A.J. Brown all day. The Dolphins aren't apologizing for featuring and throwing to Tyreek Hill all day. And in scenarios where that doesn't happen, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase earlier in the year, those number one receivers – let you know about it, and I think what we saw from C.D. Lamb is why. And for good reason. Uh, okay, let's look at the Monday Nighter, and we'll talk about the Jags and their fifth fifth win in a row over the Steelers. Uh, but looking at this Monday Nighter, uh, it feels like it's Detroit. They're coming off of the, a bad loss. They've had time to lick their wounds, and they're like, okay, we're going to get back at this, get back on this horse here, because we also have the Minnesota Vikings right on our tail. As Scared as they we perceive they may be. I don't think they are, but it doesn't matter. They need to win this one tonight. Am- Amon Ross St. Brown, late add to the injury report with illness. I had to get this in there because it's funny how many guys were questionable with illness this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, we heard that Patrick Mahomes had the flu. So thank you, Arthur Smith. As now we're going to hear that everybody's got the sniffles. It is funny. I did think to myself, remember when talk about injuries and people missing games flu like symptoms meant you might miss the week. That was not that long ago yeah. where we were in a period in the NFL in sports in the world where flu like symptoms, meant, Oh man, you may not be able to play whether you test positive or negative. Now it's just like, Hey, just so you know, he's got the flu. So I don't know. We told you don't get mad at us. Uh, the climate has certainly changed, even though in some parts of North America, uh, the cases are continuing to rest. So if the Raiders lose this one, because this is the week where we we're going to see, Oh, I mean, every year invariably we see this, but where teams decide what the heck they're doing ahead of the trade deadline. I think the Raiders should have made this decision last week. If they lose this one and lose it fairly comfortably, do you think that they explore the idea, even though they said they're not moving him because Every, as the million-dollar man would say, everybody has a price. Do you think they look at moving Devontae Adams? You know what? Because of the date that this game is scheduled, I think if they were going to move him, they would have moved him already. Because if you are serious about moving him, I don't think you let him play on Monday knowing that the deadline is on Tuesday. Or we see him play less. Maybe. Maybe. We're going to get a good indication but, either way. But whatever the market was, is for Devontae Adams, he's the caliber of player that that deal's not changing in the next 
24 hours. No, no, People the price is the price. The, the the quality of him, and they would have gone to get him if they were interested. So, I mean, if they get embarrassed and beat down and it causes them to recalibrate how close they might think they are, then possibly. This one's big for Detroit, though. At home, in primetime, we get to see primetime Jared Goff again coming off of a beatdown. So for their own rehab and self-assessment, they need a good performance tonight. Here's here's one. This is a long shot, but if they get blown out tonight or it's, again, lose comfortably, I think teams make calls on Jimmy Garoppolo. Paging the Minnesota Vikings? Maybe, but... How, how long is he going to be your starter and healthy for? But for the Vikings, I don't think it matters. The, the out is twelve million next year, this coming off season. Calling for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's this anyway. The regardless. San Francisco Forty Nine. Could you imagine that? No. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, I, I can't. I can't imagine that that is the case. Uh, do you have a pick for tonight? Mac Jones for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Who says no? Mac Jones. I'm oh, sorry. Jimmy Garoppolo says no. Yeah, probably. Uh, hi, uh, think, hi, Jimmy. Think, this is Bill. I think the Lions win and win big tonight. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going with that. Uh, best bets for tonight. Uh, Jameer Gibbs over 99 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Uh, he was great last week against the Ravens and no David Montgomery again. Uh, Jacoby Myers over four and a half receptions has that in five of six games and does not draw top coverage. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's trade deadline day in the NFL. We can't wait. Thanks to Awesome Behind the Glass, Donovan across the table, Matt Marchese signing off. We'll chat with you tomorrow.